Hey friends, welcome to Heart Vibrations. In this episode, you come into a conversation where Tash and I are talking to TK about how she's really come to recognize that some of the dreams and motivations that was really the driving force behind her wanting to, you know, thrive and build this beautiful business had really kind of changed and morphed and she was coming to reconcile that. That led us to a beautiful conversation of really understanding how to say goodbye to dreams when they no longer serve us and all the real grief and closure that's required in business and life, but particularly in business. I hope you enjoy. Hey, I'm TK. I'm Tash. And I'm Amanda. We're business besties and soul sisters, chatting about business as a spiritual practice, working from the inside out. Yes. And then allowing how that needs to show up to show up. Like mm. not controlling how it enters your life is just being open to it entering. Mm. And then when it does, going, is this in alignment with me? Mm. So step back, because obviously we're into it now. I love it. So you had a coaching business for teens. Yeah. And it was, and we, and we joked before, quote unquote, it didn't work because teens don't have money to spend. But also like, I just didn't know about business and marketing yeah. and all that. Yeah. Like, there were so many aspects. Like I was just, I was just, it was at the start of my, my journey. Oh, hundred percent. Same thing with my businesses. But yes. Yeah. Yes. Essentially they don't have, like, it's the parents and stuff that you have mm-hmm. to go after. Mm. The parents. Yeah. 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 And so Tash helped you grieve and let that go. Tash and Julie, when you were talking to them. It was actually at a oh, breakfast, yeah, like I think it was yeah. last week or something. Sitting oh, on the couch, on the couch, yeah. yeah. Because I, I can't remember what it was, but you couldn't yeah, feel it anymore. Yeah, I couldn't feel it. It was almost dead inside me, but I didn't even. I wasn't even because I was telling this. I was so stuck in the story that the the mental narrative that Tash was like, "Can you just check in?" Maybe she didn't say this, but basically <laughs> through a conversation, I checked in to see if it was still alive, and that part of me is almost like where a cylinder had. Like, you know, taking up some space in my heart, it was almost like that wasn't there anymore. Mm. And immediately, it was almost like half my identity or part of my identity had left. And I was like, holy shit, who am I without this thing? Because this is part of my driving why. Mm. Why you started coaching. Well, and if I, oh, even the driving force behind it is like it changed my world, then go change the world with yes. the teens and stuff. Because mm-hmm. they like there's so, so much of me that's drawn to them. It's where my adventure, my whole journey started. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, but it's almost like an identity crisis. Like, Mm -hmm. who am I without that then? Like, Mm -hmm. is it just what I have now? Is that it? Mm. And then there's obviously been some internal processing. But then the last week, I've had two instances where I've reconnected with a teen. I know I can, like, there's something there for that. Mm. But I just feel like we needed to have that conversation. And I think, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, the five steps to grieving or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there is something to be said about checking in and being like, are my dreams still my dreams? Mm. And are my dreams my dreams? Mm. True aspects to that. And then if it's not, then how do you process that when that's been such a core part of your identity for how long? Like for me, it was a decade. It was mm. over a decade. Mm. So, And knowing that grieving is a process and that we don't just grieve people who have died 
we mm. grieve dreams that have died yeah. that I've had to let go of and we're like well that doesn't mm. serve how I see my life or my soul work mm. anymore and allowing it to go because it's taking up space that your new dreams and goals could take up space in and sometimes if we don't allow space for the new stuff to come in then it can't come in mm. so I guess my question is how do you know that you are acting every day from a space of who you are today versus who you were last week a decade ago like like how do you be like okay cool I'm, I'm operating for who I am and also who I want to be yeah I think true. is also the other distinction as well mm-hmm. and I know for instance um when I was making that decision about do I upload onto this new program mm-hmm. something your, your mom Tash helped facilitate Julie was around like who is it I want to be and not making a decision out of fear for who I am now and maybe mm. what my bank account looks like mm. now, but who is it I wanted to be? And as soon as I stepped into that, that's when I came to a place of peace mm-hmm. is knowing that everything's going to be okay. It always is, mm-hmm. but I need to trust future versions of me. Mm-hmm. So I think there's done something to be said about like, you know, being present in who you are now and almost being very actively like having a practice as I know you were talking about Amanda, being actively present in the moment of like up leveling. And I think when you do enter a, a vortex of an environment whatever that may look like for you things do happen on different timelines mm-hmm. and i know in personal developments what i love is you could be a completely different person after a two-day weekend mm-hmm. so yeah any tips you have on <laughs> what you do to check in every day because i think i definitely i tend to be more reactive and i'm looking to mm. develop more proactive practices mm. So I don't reach in and be like, why am I burnt out? Or why did I make the same mistakes or the same decisions? Or why am I stuck in the same place as I was a week ago? Yeah, well, I think, so as a practice, I search for resistance. Oh. And I remember I was reading one of Taylor's books and it was about uh, wealth acquisition. Uh And he was talking about like big numbers, uh, like tens of thousands of dollars um, that people were making. And Sometimes, like, there's, like, internal dialogue. Sometimes it's just a feeling in my body. But I had, like, this, like, disgust, like, rise up. And I was like, what's that? Mm. What's that feeling? What's that about? And obviously, my uh, Carol Tuttle type 2 nature is to question. Like, I am a questioner. I want to know why. Yeah. So we were talking earlier off, like, off recording uh, that TK is, uh, uh, wants to know how. I'm a why. I'm like, I want to know the why of everything. Like, why do you think that? Hmm. Why have you come to that conclusion? Why did you search for that information? Like, why? Yeah. And so if I feel resistance in my body or resistance comes up or, like, something that I didn't realize was part of my internal dialogue, come like, rises up in me, like, why is that there? Like, what's that? What's underneath that? So if, if it's an emotion, then I explore underneath the emotion. Yeah. And so that emotion was like this way of disgust at that amount of money being uh, spent. I was like, okay, what's underneath that? So then I search for a belief that's mm-hmm. under there. Like, what do I believe about people that make that amount of money? And like all of these things flowed out. I was like, oh, I didn't know I believed that. That's Trixie. Like, that's Trixie of my subconscious that was running these belief patterns about people who make that kind of money. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, 
And then I looked for any like wounds or traumas from the rest of my life that may have contributed to that or any stories that I was telling myself about experiences that I've had. But ultimately, once all of that's journaled out, like, well, does that serve me anymore? Does that serve my highest good? Because I'm always about my highest good because Mm. that's not necessarily my present. That's the highest good of my soul and my soul's journey. And that may not always be a thing that I like. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. But it's always for my highest good. Yeah. And so, like, does that serve my highest good? Like, no. And obviously we were talking about in the last episode, muscle testing and pendulum work. Like that's how I get my confirmations, my yes, no. So I do a lot of work with that. Uh, I'm like, does this serve my highest good? No. Like, is it safe uh, and for my highest good to release this? It's like, yes. Like, okay. And so then I just ask for it to be released from my physical body and all of my energy bodies. And uh, then I replace it with what I want it, my belief pattern to be in the new one. And you guys, I know that you and your mom teach processes for that. Yes. And mom's developed a whole, like, on another level, like another plane of existence uh, process that really gets down into the root. So the stuff I do for myself is a little bit like pulling weeds. Like, I won't necessarily get to the core of what it is, but I can discover enough about what's going on to know that that's not who I want to be anymore and that's no longer serving where I want to get to. Uh, and mostly it's just a process of questioning. I, just I really like the resistance element because I think it's something like for me mm-hmm. being a feeling person, mm-hmm. I can feel that. I'd be like, okay, there's resistance there. In everything, like yeah. everything that you're doing, your every day, like as you're consuming things, like consuming media, like watching TV, listening to stuff. Anytime I notice a resistance, I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Like what's underneath that feeling? Okay. Um, So not just when you're sitting down to meditate and going, (laughs) what am I going to journal today? Mm. I do it as a moment-to-moment, everyday practice. I check in Mm. and go, hmm, that's interesting. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amanda, I'm curious, though, because I know you've had some deaths of businesses. Mm. Did you have any healing processes around that? Or was it just like, okay, cool, like we're on to the, the next thing? Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, I just had a, a thought there or whatever comes through. Yeah, no, no. I I just had a thought and it's gone and I'm like, oh no, (laughs) I was waiting for you to finish, but it'll come back to me as we talk. Yeah. Yes. And I know what you're saying and it's interesting to just reflect back on the process. And so, and and I can see what I did, did wrong. So, I, I mean, I essentially have had three businesses essentially and the first business was like all in and um it was in the wedding industry I was wedding planner la 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 and I just want to describe the feeling of how I used to operate in that I never really asked myself like are you enjoying this la 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 you know mm. just followed followed the processes you know to be fair it was part of what I needed to go through I learned a lot business-wise of how to run a business, how to market. It was a real growth experience. Yeah. Like I started the business um, in September 2014 and I didn't know what to do. And so I just Googled, you know, how to write a mar- business marketing plan because it's the only thing I knew how to do. And these videos came up of this woman called Marie Folio. Yeah. And she – And I was like, okay, what's this? And I started watching it and I was blown away by – this is 2014 mm. – by the level of free business advice she was giving. It just yeah. a little bit. 
by 2015, I was like, oh my gosh, my wedding business needs to be an online program. And I was all in the online program environment and really like cut my business teeth in the online world and online marketing and online products and services. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, ironically, a really successful business. Um, But because I wasn't managing it financially very well, as soon as I got money, I spent it. Um, But I was also incredibly hard on myself. So nothing was a win. Um, but as well, because the whole, whole aspect of me being in the business, because business is a self-expansion, up-living thing. Um, I wrote something the other day in my journal, like we all recognize that when we go into business, we start doing business in the outer world and then we realize it's actually about the inner oh, world. and yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of had this slow inkling in the third year of this wedding business that I was kind of getting sick of talking about weddings. And, um, oh, I, yeah, and I wasn't, this is how Tash and I met dear listeners. Mm-hmm. Tash had a wedding business as well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't want to admit it to myself because I had all these big plans and this big journey. I had to put all this money in and it was so my identity. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot, I can't even, I don't even understand who she was now because I've changed so much, but she was just so like, this is who I am and this is my identity. I can't like divorce myself from this now, but that meant that everything was so personal and la 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 la. Getting to a point, sorry. I know. I then had, you know, the Pluto hit my son in my chart, which was all about death and decay of what's not serving, and it will it will hit you like a ton of bricks, especially if you're not listening. And I, my health was really bad, and um, I had a, um, a moment with my husband where it's like he had come to the end of his rope with me, which is not him. He's not that kind of person. He's so accommodating, so lovely, so kind. And we had just had an argument once where I was very childish and (laughs) all to say is he finally was like, nah, I'm not putting up with this anymore. And I was shocked because he'd never been like that with me. And it was like, I saw what was on the line that my marriage, which was the most important thing to me, things had crumbled so much in the way I was showing up I was like oh my goodness nothing is worth losing this and I never felt that way about my business it always felt like it was the most important thing I had to get it right and I had to achieve and I had to make it really financially successful and to the detriment of everything else in my life and that was the biggest turning point biggest and then at the same time very karmically, and this is the only, one of the first intuitive points of, I realized I had in my life, was that my business coach, who I had randomly selected, on the gut instinct, the first gut instinct of my life was, I'm meant to be with this woman, I have no idea, I'm just going to follow it. She'd started selling essential oils, I'm like, I'll just give us a crack because my health is really bad, and it just like, literally smelling those oils brought me back to life. And I realized how much I wasn't living. So that's like really deep-seated stuff. And, you, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to hit a rock bottom. And so I was able to step away from that business very quickly, literally within a month. Well, within a month, I said, I'm not doing this wedding business anymore. I'm doing this essential oil business. And that essential oil business morphed into a second thing I did with Tash. Mm-hmm. And that went on for a year and a half or something like that. I am getting to my point. I'm so sorry. But um, 
I like the, all the tangents. I, I just like the storytelling. I just <laughs> like <laughs> and I'm trying to like give like the high points. But I mean, that was my lowest of my low, realizing what was on the line, and nothing was worth losing my marriage over because when Matt came into my life, it was just like. Even though we met when I was 21, I know in our charts, because I've seen them together, I'm like, it's been lifetimes waiting for him. And I, when I came in, when I, the most conscious thing I had growing up was like, I know he's out there. Even as a kid, I'm like, I know he's out there. I'm just waiting for him. So when I found him, like, and it's all karmic and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm just like, it's not worth losing him. So that was a big thing for me to be able to let go is to really recognize what I was losing mm. if I was just like, I have to hold on to this business. It's like, no, it's not worth it. It's the biggest wake-up call of my life. Yeah. My marriage is my most important thing, not the business. However, I will say that it took a lot of work. I let go of that business in 2017. Mm-hmm. I still own things that are out there operating and it's 2020. But, but um, it took me probably two years to really release my identity from it. And it was a two-year process and Tash was with me. And even when Tash and I was um, were building this current business, well, the business that we Hope did Bottles. together, Hope Bottles, um, which was an essential oils-related business, I was still like, because things cause I hadn't ended it. Yeah. That is my point. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So having had that business and then essentially a two-in-one business with the essential oils mm-hmm. and the Hope Bottles thing we did, I recognized because it took me so long to un- detach myself from it, mm. I need to, if I'm going to stop something, there needs to be a line in the stand and there needs to be a time for reflection, Yes, a time for really space and reflection of going, what did I learn? What did they teach me? But then also a physical sense of, okay, I'm going to close all my accounts mm. and get my bookkeeping up to date. The real lesson, thank you, dear listener, for, <laughs> for plowing through with me was I, re- I have recognized that anytime something is ending, it needs to be given the, um, like the gravity and the time and attention yes, yes. To, to respect that it's ending mm. and to actually end it. And celebrate it. And celebrate it. Yeah. Mm. And celebrate it. So I think that's a tendency, well, certainly you and I have Mm. with some of our hand analysis, which is another episode, Mm. um, (laughs) is we don't celebrate the wins, Mm. small or big. Yeah. And it's about that reflection time to go, you know what? That was a big achievement. Mm. Like Mm. I did an amazing thing because when you're in it just every day, you don't see the achievement of it mm. and you just assume that everybody else is doing amazing things the same as you are mm. until you look back after and then you're like, holy shit, that was amazing. Mm. That was amazing. I did such an amazing job. How and cool is that? And celebrating, and celebrating it. it. Yeah. Uh, like I did when I sold my business. Mm. I'm like, you know what? I created, I ran a successful profitable business, then I sold it mm. and somebody else took it and is doing other things with it. Mm. That's worth celebrating. Mm. I wasn't going to, but I made money and I was like, you know what? Line in the sand. We're not doing this anymore. We're going to celebrate. And then I, I oh, I bought a ring. I bought a ring yeah. for myself because I was like, yeah. you know what? I need something tangible to be like, no, you did this. And how incredible. Mm. Actually, it's interesting. Um, I recognize that I don't have 
a very active reflection process. Last mm-hmm. week I was on a podcast interview with a, a woman who had known me since I was 19, so I'm now 30. Mm-hmm. And um, she was reflecting back to me all the stages she had seen me go through um, in the 10 years. And you nice. almost don't – it was actually an incredibly healing process for me mm-hmm. to realize mm-hmm. how far I had grown on how mm-hmm. much I had done in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I think – it's so like every day we're kind of doing things every week, every mm. month and every year we kind of do things and we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm not, we almost look forward. Yeah. I'm not what far we enough. Kind of done rather yeah. than looking backwards mm. and maybe not even mm. looking backwards enough mm. over our timeline. And um, one of my clients recently, um, she was talking about closure and how we don't have a closure process. Mm. And like we often jump mm. from one program to the mm-hmm. next, to the next mm-hmm. with, as a course junkies. Mm. And again, I told her, I'm like, this is something I've never heard before. You need to go create a course on this. So she's mm. gone out and created a course. And I'm like, can't wait for so it to good. be released. But it's about closure. About closure. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So she, what she was saying is, you know, coming back to death in our last episode, mm. she's like, these things seem like such big concepts because we don't talk about closure. We don't talk about yeah. things ending. She's like, yeah. from pets dying mm. to, you know, um, graduating school. She's like, there are so many like kind of mini deaths or mini mm. closures yeah which is like what you don't realize is that every day you're having many deaths mm-hmm. you know you finish your tea you wake up in the morning at the end mm. of your sleep she's like if you can start to normalize this sort of closure and coming to the end then it makes that mm. whole process so much easier because you realize it's actually just part of the process mm. um and i was like wow like i don't take enough time and even mm. now it's only becoming a practice with my clients is at the end is having an actual closure conversation because mm. like we went to go to the end and she booked in her last call she's like this is our last call and i'm like oh it can't be i'm like you're like the closure queen like <laughs> we need to have a closure conversation yeah, yeah. yeah so i made it our second last call and i went away and actually googled like closure questions because mm. i had never been facilitated through that in all my years mm. and um I almost didn't know how to facilitate that. So mm. I kind of did the best I could until I go through her stuff. Mm. But it's just interesting how we're almost not taught to stop yes. and reflect and almost have documentation or be taken through not just a conversation, but mm. actually be like, now go away and reflect on what were the wins? What did mm. you learn? How are you different from the person you were mm. like 12 weeks ago? Mm. And there's so much power in that, I think. And I think we only tend to maybe do it at the end of the year. Mm. And we're like, oh, yeah. so what do we do this year rather than like yeah, yeah. weekly or monthly or... Yeah. Or as we do new things. Mm. Yeah. Like move into new stages. And even honoring the thinking, like, you know, the person I was 12 months ago wouldn't have made half financial investments that I would have today. Mm. 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 And had half the conversations or said mm. yes or no to half the things because she's a mm. completely different human. Mm. And I think I can be so hard on myself and not realizing how much I have actually grown. Mm. You know, um, I think experience is also part of it. Yeah. Um, like I was think part of my point I was trying to get to at before, like, um, you know, I jumped quickly. I jumped ship from my first business into my second and third combo business, which I call <laughs> it way too quickly. Like, I literally had no clothes out, no, you know, it was just lingering, la, 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 way too quickly. There needed to be space, closure, exactly what you're talking about. And I learned that. So when I came to the end of my second and third combo business, All Around Essential Oils, and I was so scared of it ending because I built up all these dreams around it. Yeah. But because I was using these practices of inside out and started to work from the inside out, mm. I started to recognize that, so much was showing up in my environment 
Mm. so much, I don't want to say negativity around the business, but it was a multi-level marketing business model. And some people go through it and they have a blitz of an amazing time Mm. and they go, what do you mean negativity about multi-level marketing? There's no negativity. I've had such a great time. Whereas I was like, I've had nothing but that experience. Mm. And because I'm like, okay, inside reflects your outside world and all that kind of connection. I'm like, what is it trying to tell me? And I need to trust that it's trying to tell me something. But also, that was a tangent, sorry. But also, because I'd had this former experiences of seeing how long it took me to actually let go of something because I hadn't closed down it properly, and even stepping away from it, I should have stepped away from it quicker, but I was so afraid not to, that when it came to the second time I'm at the end of another business, it was easier to, to let go and it was easier to grieve because I knew from experience that I need to grieve this and I need to truly let it go because I didn't do that with my first business and it's been driving me crazy because it's been still lingering. It's like the breakup that you never, like my first breakup ever, I remember it being the worst thing ever because I had all these you, you did it perfectly. All the dreams that suddenly just collapsed. For me, it was almost like all these castles and things, like this whole world yes. was suddenly just dissolved. Yes. And like what found like my foundation and my reality had suddenly just like collapsed underneath me. And it was just the most devastating thing, my very first heartbreak, because mm-hmm. I was like, and I almost didn't know how to process and grieve that because it's just like my reality was suddenly not my reality more. My, my mm. floor was suddenly not my floor. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was when you said that, man, I was I literally had flashbacks to like nineteen year old wow. just like outside, like just like bawling my eyes out, and being like, and like since then, just because having no, I've gone through that process once, like everything mm. after that was like, okay, I survived that, yes, and it's almost like you just have to get through your first one yes. to be like, okay, I, I'm gonna be okay, like I know I just have to pull in the right support or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but um, definitely that first one I think hurts <laughs> and. Sorry, no. no, I was just going to ask you a question. Mm. Um, do you think your work with the diva of a business has shifted your perspective mm. of owning a business? Like that oh. your first one, it was your identity 100%, whereas now you're a co-creator mm. with yeah. the energy of the business. And yeah. so you're like, well, if it doesn't work out, it just wasn't meant for me yeah, or wasn't meant for now. yeah, And that energy will go on and it will manifest itself in some other way um so mom and i talk about um ideas being entities yeah and that an idea wants to be born yes Mm -hmm. and it will find a human Mm. to make it born into the world and so if you don't say yes to an idea that's okay because it will find someone else yeah likewise if you hesitate too long it will move on and find someone else yes and so it's knowing when it's for you because mm. obviously I just bring through ideas all the time. I'm like a direct conduit from source and things just flow through me all the time. And I need to be conscious of going, is this for me mm. or does it just need to be brought out mm. into the physical plane and someone else will do it? Mm. Cause there were so many times when I had my wedding business, I would have ideas for things mm. in the wedding industry and I'd be like, Oh, I could definitely do that. And I'd be like, Oh no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then within months, yeah, it would be out there. I'm like, oh, that's so amazing. I'm so glad. Mm. So sometimes I go, is that an idea I want to do or just something I really wish existed? Yeah. Yeah. 
because I'm like, oh, I want that to exist mm. so bad. Can someone please do that? Mm. But I don't need to hold on to it. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that's really good just for ideas, mm. but also for business entities. So something I wanted to talk about and now seems as good a time as any is like the <laughs> difference between like different entities that we work with. Mm. Uh, so Amanda was talking about Davis. And so Davis are higher level uh, energetic beings that have no physical power, like power in the physical world. And so they can't manifest anything without humans saying yes and taking um. the appropriate actions. And they are high level um, beings. So they're not the nitty gritty of like, okay, what's the inspiration? How do we do this? They're like, you tell me what you want, I'll make it manifest. Whereas when we talk about a muse, so mum and I talk about creative muse um, more often because a lot of the clients that we get have like tangible things. So we work with people to create their Oracle card deck, for example, or writing a book. Those are like, tangible creative projects and will often have a muse attached to them and the muse is the direct inspiration and so that might be very detailed or it might be like a sketchy outline and you as a physical being have to like interpret that and go cool well how do i make that manifest how do i bring that to the world but there's just different levels of energy and there'll still be a diva attached to that as well because that'll be helping you manifest it yeah but if you're like, oh, I want to create this thing, or even if you just have an idea, if you're like, oh, I can see the book like mm-hmm. Amanda had, like that would have been a creative muse being like, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's partner. Mm-hmm. Let's bring this into the world because mm-hmm. they want to be born. Mm-hmm. Like the idea wants to be born. Uh, whereas if you're creating like a business, you can call on the energetic diva of that business. And that's just kind of the all-encompassing energy that will bring different things to the table. So I like to, when I talk about, so when I talk about um, like the subtle realm team, like there's many different energies that you can work with and some of them will be your higher self. So I connect with my higher self sometimes. Um, they may be just general guides. Mm. They may be, uh, some people have angels. That's what they believe in. So they have angels come through yep. like archangels. Uh, you might have specific like so spirits that are past that mm. are coming to work with us. Uh, could be ancestral or just general that have an agenda that needs to be done in the world yeah. may or may not be high level that could be a lower level that you're like well that's great but that's not my agenda here what do you, you mean by a level so like there's an energetic level yeah. okay. uh, and like as in like enlightened is that what we're going with or more vibration yeah. i think yeah vibrationally okay. like the vibration is lower yeah uh and so it doesn't necessarily serve your highest good and it's not necessarily your agenda like your highest self's agenda it's the spirit's agenda amanda's got more experience with this through uh, matt's grandparents um but it's not necessarily a thing you need to take on and i think it can be like when you're first entering uh into this world you're like well how do i differentiate between all those different energies yeah and i just like in myself like if that's uplifting, then I'll work with it. If that's not, if that's like dropping my energy and lowering me, then I say no. Mm. Something that just came through then, mm. it was a conversation that we had with your mum recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda, feel free to put your two cents in whatever drops in here. Is even the programs or the courses or the mentors that we mm. bring on is looking at their energy. And I know your mum shared with me a story of how she went into a particular program and her vibration dropped ever so slightly, which meant mm-hmm. a lot of her students, their vibration dropped. 
And it was only after, and she was like, what is going on here? Something feels funky that she realized, hang on, this wasn't the, these weren't the people that she wanted to align with. And she mm-hmm. went and aligned herself with the different people and immediately everything got lifted again. Yeah. So I guess um, for either of you, do you, have you had any experiences? And I think I just, I probably do this unconsciously, but I'm curious because there's a couple of people I'm looking at for different elements of my business. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I want to up level in that area. Is that something that I need to feel into? And straight away, just then as I asked that question, I was like, okay, no, like energetically, that's not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Have either of you had an experience where you're like, okay, this feels really good or like, oh, heck no, like anything around vibrations or how that affected you? I don't think consciously because yeah. I didn't really – know all of that until we had that conversation with mom about like oh like things have vibration like yeah. levels of resonance yeah and we're like all oh, right so mom tested um the program that we are moving into with you to make sure that it was high enough that it wasn't going to drop us down in vibration yeah because ours is quite high and so everyone that works with us gets up leveled yeah. And so if we drop too low, then they all drop too low. Yeah. And so it's about like maintaining ours. So I guess maintaining our own internal guidance, our own internal compass, while mm. also inviting in external mm. wisdom, inspiration, um, systems. Yeah. I mean, mostly I just feel into things. If things don't feel uplifting, then I don't do them. One thing you said actually in the previous episode was expansive. Mm. yeah like when it's i was thinking about expensive. the names of things she's yeah. like it has to feel expansive and i was like yeah. i'd almost and i know um i mean i don't know if it was on on sound on camera or on, on, camera. Cam- <laughs> on, on camera on recording <laughs> on recording is about air is when you said yes. expansive i felt like i hadn't breathed mm. breathe whatever that yeah, yeah yeah breathed in like 10 years i'd almost forgotten what expansive feels like mm. And I was like, oh, well, at least it's like I know when I'm breathing when I'm not. Mm. But I think that's probably definitely something I need to recalibrate is being like, mm. what does expensive feel like for me today in what I'm doing mm. and also in where I'm going and what I'm inviting in? Because mm. I have been living very much from my head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um... You both of you tell it straight when it needs to. And it always catches me off guard because you're such beautiful, delightful humans. And I'm like, oh, this is what tough love feels like. You're like wrapped up in cotton wool. Yes. I don't. um, Well, one, I noticed that when I'm channeling things, like when things are coming through me, it is way more father force than I realize in the moment because I'm not conscious of doing it. Stuff Mm. just comes out. And then afterwards I'm like, Oh no, that sounded so forceful. Oh, I hope they're okay. But it, <laughs> it's I'm the right amount of, of force for us to get yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, and it all comes through heart. Mm. Um, so yeah. something that Mum and I talk about is like when you're giving or receiving guidance, mm. if it's not through heart, yeah, then it's like if you're giving guidance and you're not dropping into your heart and sharing it then it may not be received the way that you intend. And for anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't figured it out, I'm the how person. Yes, 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 yes. And um, Julie maybe knowing this, I love how she's like this fourth identity that's kind of here. Yeah, and Julie was like, I was really tired today. Like I'd been talking for like three hours. We're like, yeah, because your presence is with us. One of the how ways to drop into your heart, she said, is just like tap your heart. And it will immediately shift your energy and your vibration yeah. and your, your being into your heart versus in your head. Mm. And I really like that. Mm. That 
the physical. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was like, oh, the physical thing. I get the homework. Yeah. I like it. The, the homework. homework. <laughs> you like homework. I'm like, give me spiritual homework. Where I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me experience. Just let me experience. That. That. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I had something before that felt pertinent to share when you were talking about grief and letting go of um, like your past self and your past business ideas and your past mm. things or projects was one of the big things that I recognized I had to let go of were actually the beliefs that I had to install in myself to believe I could do it mm. and that that is how I was going to achieve things and that is how my life was going to look yeah. and like I believed that this was the model I needed to go after in order to create success in my life. And I really recognized because I gave myself the space and I did that by getting a cafe job, which was very humbling, but not because it was the best because I'm amazing. (laughs) Because, dear listener, I have tons of seventh house placements, which makes me an amazing waitress. And um, anyway... So, of course, I gave myself financial space so that it didn't have to because I'd learnt my lesson. Mm. Nothing good comes when you're financially, you know, constrained. So I'm like, how can I do this differently this time Mm. than my previous? Nothing changes, nothing changes. So I went out and got the cafe job, which was the best because the space it gave me was amazing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I finally felt like I could just relax. And went, okay, I I know, what do I know to be true? I know I want a business. I know I want it, I want it to last forever. Mm. I know that it has to be built on strong foundations. Mm. And I haven't been doing that. And so what do we need to do? Well, I actually have to dismantle the foundations that are there. Mm. The, the foundations that I built. And that was spirit, not me, mm. just then. <laughs> I was- need to dismantle what I was trying to build because it was all on sand. And it, I just needed to crumble it down and it did take a lot of reflecting on the business model that I had been um had I nearly said suck it into and that's terrible because that's not it but like I had put all my eggs in one basket Mm. and was so all in and so believed it was true I had to find the space to see that belief that I was building on and go I know that it I believe it works for some people mm. and I have to also acknowledge it's not right for me yep. mm. and be okay in that and dismantle that belief and the feeling of, you know, a big one because they were making lots of, you know, a lot of people were making lots of money in these business models. Yep. I, I had to feel into my feelings towards um, grieving this business and it was recognizing, oh, I've created a belief that this is the only way I can make big money. Mm. Now that served me when I was in the business, but that's mm. not serving me now that I'm moving out of this business. So yeah. I need to dismantle that belief mm. because, you know, we we create from the energetic world first. Yeah. So whatever beliefs we want, yeah. you know, you know, so that was serving me, but it's not serving me anymore because I've decided I no longer want to be in that business. And the more I was able to step away from it and give it space, and also gently, I when I walked away from it, I said, I'm just going to have a six-month break. Yeah. I didn't throw in the towel. Like, I didn't throw it away and say, you know, just say, oh, it didn't work and blah, blah, blah. I, I went, I recognize I'm not in a place to give this my all. If this is what is meant for me, I yeah. trust that I can have six months off mm. and come back to it. And... That's what I did as I gave myself a time frame because I was so afraid of letting go of this business. 
but I knew from experience that I had to give myself some space because it wasn't working. I gave myself from January to the 30th of June because tax, finances, blah, 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 to just feel out if I, you know, how it was going to look because I didn't go from coming back from that holiday, which we talked about in the last episode, seeing my business, Deva, essentially had gone and you said one other time, dead on the floor. I know, dead on the floor, but I, I just, yeah, it was a bit of a rip. No, yeah, I dead on the like, floor, yeah. yeah. That the grieving comes because of the yeah. intensity and enormity True. that that Achi, achi, achi. Sorry, the dog. Yes, the int- <laughs> yes, you're right. But I didn't just then step into the new version of myself. <laughs> and so you're right. But yes, part of the dismantling the beliefs, the perspectives. Achi. Good boy. He's dreaming. He's dreaming. <laughs> he's barking in his dream. Um, was also a big thing around it because those beliefs served me when I was in that bubble. Mm. And um, the other thing that I found really ama- amazing was making sense of the experience. Yeah. Like, why was I attracted to that? Why did I go through that? Mm. And it's been amazing when I gave myself space <laughs> and and was guided into these astrology courses that I was doing. I could see so clearly why I'd gone into that experience Mm. because my whole chart is all about I must have one-on-one relationship with people. I must work with groups of people, but also my pain is and my wounding is around groups of people. And I must have big ambitions. That's what I'm here for. But a lot of my pain is around that too. And um, also my inner self and my, my inner persona and my outer persona have to match identically. And that business was incredible for mirroring back to me how I was being inauthentic yeah. and not myself, how I couldn't I couldn't work with people. Like, I didn't know how to be a person. Like, I was forced from this online environment, which was my wedding business because I'd made a wedding online program all by myself in my office. My, you know, my astrology charts is like, no, you need to work with people. I came into this business and it felt like my calling at the time, but I know now it felt like that because I was there to learn some huge, huge karmic, like, uh, lessons about who I was. And so that grieving, like that, having the space to reflect on that, it's like, oh, that's why. I learned this about myself. I learned that about myself. I recognized that you know, I wasn't as strong a person as I thought I was. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to share that because that was such an important part of the process. And I saw you write something down, but we've gone past it. But it's all good. Oh, oh no, I was just one of the um, terms that mum and I have started using mm. uh, is our default operating system. Mm. And that it's the prior to mind, as mum says, or our subconscious mm. uh, has patterning in place. We have a default operating system that that's how we operate in the world. And we don't think about it. That's just how the patterns play out and how our programming plays out. And it doesn't matter how many affirmations you do, how many uh, courses you take to grow. If you can't change the default operating system, uh, you'll still play out the same patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and so you did a lot of clearing work in changing your default operating system so that you don't run those same patterns anymore. And that's interesting, actually, that you bring that up because I remember when I stepped away from the first business into the second, um, 
the reason I did is because I started doing the second as a hobby. Hilariously enough, if you'd listened to the first episode, it was a hobby and it felt light and fun. And I was just doing it as a hobby. And I went, I'm going to do this as a business. And the second I said that, everything became heavy. And it was like the heaviness I'd experienced mm. in my first business came mm. through, came into my second business. And it was amazing because it was patterns. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that was huge. This is a some sort of pattern here. And the the issue is not the business I'm working in mm. outside my environment. It's in me mm. because I brought this heaviness with me. And it was one of the first moments where I was like, wow, it's not the work that I'm doing that's the problem. It's who I am and what I'm bringing to this work. Because literally a week ago, this little hobby business lit me up. Yeah. Lit me up. And so much so that I abandoned three years worth of work overnight because I'm like, I'm going to do this. And as soon as I started, all the same heaviness, all the same doubts, all the same insecurities. And it was like, oh, okay, something big is going on here. It was really great. Yeah. And in terms of what you were saying there, yeah, the evolution from that point and to the work I'm doing now, Mm. I've been in a spiritual container with my mentor and I have, oh, I've just lost it. But yeah, um, you know, the patterns tell us, tell us something. I have Mm. actually lost that. So that's right. But yeah, I've got something on that. Mm. Um, It's interesting how much clearing things, consciously clearing things Mm. actually accelerates the process. Mm -hmm. Like Amanda, when you said you had six months off, for me, um, I have put on hold. Um, so I, I, as of this week, I will no longer be, but I was a copywriter at one of the top um, international copywriting uh, Facebook ads companies. And I was running out of time to actually do the work and be able to facilitate that um, just with all the client work I was doing. And I was like, I'm not ready to quit yet. I could have gone down the clearing route not having this awareness though. I was like, just give me a couple of months. And so like what I did was I was like, hey, can you just give me a couple of months off to kind of prolong that? And during that time, I was normalizing what it was like to not have that in my system Mm -hmm. so that now I'm like, it's okay because I've gone so long without it. I almost don't need it anymore. And so I think there's something to be said for clearing, but also there may actually be a process of normalizing things and being in an environment where this is my normal to put this into perspective, like, you know, August last year, when my first client, we were sitting in a sauna together and I was at full time in my job. She was like, I, I want to work with you. I'm like, well, I don't have time. I have this full time job. She's like, no, seriously, quit your job. Like we're good. You, you're going to be fine. I was like, no, no, no. And she finally got to me to a point after many conversations and me hitting up my resistance where I was willing to work and negotiate with my full-time job. Mm. She was like, so what's your what's your rate? And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. I'll use yeah. a French. <laughs> oh, bugger. Bugger me timbers. I don't know. <laughs> and I went into the mental space of being like, okay, so how much do I get paid now? And then let's add tax on top. And it was this crazy, like, mental gymnastics. And I didn't feel comfortable with my prices. And I was like, well, it's 40 an hour, but – if I do more than 10 hours in a week, then it's like 35. And she's like, wait, what is going on? And I was like, I don't know. Just huh. like, I was so afraid of rejection. Mm. And um, it's funny to see how far I've come now where it's just like, I would almost get annoyed at how much I was giving for that hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that level of expertise at that rate just kept rising. But I almost need to meet myself where I was at mm. and allow myself to grow. So I think there's definitely something for giving yourself space to not be there yet wherever we think we're meant to be mm. and almost weaning ourselves into that or weaning off whatever our pre- 
previous reality was. Oh, weaning off our previous reality. I love it. That's so true. <laughs> snaps, snaps, snaps. Mm. Weaning off the previous reality. That's so true. The adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure within that process, there's grieving and there's mm. unconscious processing. Mm. And I think just being around conversations like this or people or even actively getting clearings would accelerate that mm. a lot. But definitely also having... just knowing what your default operating system yeah. qualities are. Yeah. Because like, most of us are acting unconsciously. We don't realize the patterns that we're running and that they may or may not be serving us anymore. And even if you're not actively clearing things or changing things, just knowing what's actually going on can be freeing. My income ceiling was like 55K for 10 years. Mm. And anything beyond that, I was just like, how do people have these obscene amounts of money or that we're making that every month? Mm. And now I'm in environments where like people are doing that every month and it's not uncommon. Or or days. Yeah. yeah. And not from an ego place, but that's just what they're doing. And so even Mm. what's possible has shifted now that I've allowed it to be. Mm. And that came from where I was hanging out largely as well. Yeah. And not just like doing courses, but then actually taking the steps to then shift my reality into the physical. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember for me, there was one particular course where I was always surrounded by people who would maybe start a business mm-hmm. yeah. and wanted to start a business, but we're in our jobs. Mm. Excuse me. <coughs> and then um, one day I went to a two day, a weekend workshop and I was suddenly surrounded by women who had their own business. We're running a business. We're running a business and it was just like we were talking now. It's like, it just is. It's like, you know, this is a table, this is a pen, this is an audio, like I have a business. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like this big, like, oh my goodness, you got an Olympic big gold dream. medal. Yeah. They actually had it. And yeah. what was even more so is they're like, yeah, and like stuff is hard. Like, you know, I still have problems. It's not like you suddenly get to your dream and like life is just all yeah. rosy and daisy. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you know, you have to make income every month because you suddenly don't have that reliable paycheck Mm -hmm. and then if you have like overheads and like all these things and I was like oh it's just like another version of life yeah Mm -hmm. it's not like you know you suddenly get to the end of the rainbow and you're there at the rainbow Mm -hmm. and so I think that was huge for me is just being surrounded by people who were living that reality Mm -hmm. but also that reality wasn't the grass is greener Mm -hmm. also I'd say from a belief shifting or clearing perspective once you shift one, mm. you're not done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you clear one. Wait, I'm not. No, it's like an onion. Like you clear one and then more things bubble up. And more tears happen because you go deeper and deeper. Yeah. You go right down into like your core operating and you're like, oh, I forgot that stuff happened to me and what stories I wrapped around that, yeah. which then formed my belief and then my actions. Like I didn't know all of that was down there unhealed belief all of the bandages that i've put on it Mm. and when people have capacity to go right down into that and clear it all out it's extraordinary but for the most part we don't always have that capacity we have to do like one layer at a time and then amanda and i in our incubator uh like how is there more how am i revisiting (laughs) this Mm. i already cleared this yeah like you cleared that lens of it yeah but then you look at it differently and then you go oh I see that differently now okay well what now do I need to clear around that and it's like an ongoing process and also just an ongoing process of is this something I need to clear like your default operating system isn't always things that don't serve you like those are things that are that make you who you are and sometimes those serve you 
and it's about evaluating whether is this thing a, is this a thing and a behavior and a belief that serves who I am right now yeah. and where I want to be because it might not anymore and you might not have realized and sometimes you're like oh no I need that I need that still like that it forms a pillar of these things that yeah. still need to happen uh, and it's not feeling like everything needs to be thrown out like the baby with the bathwater yeah, which, which is the phrase that Amanda <laughs> I, <yeah>. uses a bit <laughs> One thing you brought up, sorry, did you want to? No, you're fine. You're good. Is, um, and I think I, I've got so far to go, but my level of maturity in this has definitely grown, is I used to always chase goals mm. rather than the process to get the goal. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized now, especially having business as a spiritual practice, which you both taught me, is falling in love with the day-to-day activities mm-hmm. and then letting mm-hmm. the lag indicators or like the, the things that come as a result in the physical world happen but falling in love with the lead indicators or the everyday activities or the process and really allowing that to be my spiritual development, I think has been the biggest thing. Mm. And it's, um, someone said like, you know, it's about making the, the ordinary extraordinary. Yeah. Mm. And like coming back to like you working at the cafe, Amanda, I remember I used to place so much judgment on myself for being at the cinema for 10 years mm. and my cinema was right next to where my high school was. So there would be people who would come in occasionally not so much anymore because they probably went to a, like yeah. a nicer cinema now. This was like a little bit lower on the, mm. the scale. And they'd be like, oh, you're still here. Yeah. And I used to mm. place so much judgment on that because I know I was growing so much internally. Yeah. But it just taking the external world and me taking the actions to almost catch up. Mm. And so I'm curious around like your process of just being at peace with that amount. Because I think like – you almost like the ascended version of where I was at the very end where you're just like, like there's no judgment around being in a cafe or like mm. where you're supposed to be at a certain level. And I know that I think mm. when I was going through my early twenties, there was just so much stuff around that. Whereas now I'm just like, they're just humans and they're just, I think having you in my world as well, man, and knowing how much is going on behind the scenes and like, it's just, mm. it's just skin yeah, of what's going on mm. on the inside. I know exactly what you mean. And when you talk about internal growth, and it's funny because um, this cafe. Oh, actually, okay, wow, here we go. I found it. <laughs> Grandparents. Mm. So um, I actually worked at this cafe more than once. Really? Yeah. So oh, wow. I, um, when I first started my business, I dived in, you know, I literally quit my job and then just started the business, which was a big lesson and I would never do that again big lesson number one which has informed how I've approached my life now and that was the biggest thing where I was like uh, everyone's like um you know it takes like two years people throwing these stats at me two years to get paid and la 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 and I was like I'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) but also what I've recognized is that I didn't like my relationship with money just I wasn't wasn't there Mm. and even though money was something that I always talked about and obviously was a part of the business. I never had a relationship with it because my business goals was all about my ambition and my success and showing people what a success I was in the world. Yeah. La la la. And following this inkling that I'd had for so long that I wanted to have my own business, but just didn't know what it, what it was going to be. I was like maybe 18 months in and you know, you know, you tell yourself, oh, you know, 12 months, la, la, la. Anyway, I'd gotten to a threshold where I was like, I'm not making any money. My husband's supporting me. And I had a lot of judgment on myself for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept that secret because I didn't want people to know that my husband was supporting me because I 
didn't want to be that woman yeah. and I didn't like I did I judged myself really harshly on it and I said oh I'm just get for some reason it came up and I got this job at the cafe and I worked there I want to say about seven months but but I judged the shiz out of myself and it was an awful experience and I had adrenal fatigue at the same time so I'm trying to run a business I'm working there I'm just running myself into the ground and it didn't help. And so it wasn't a helpful solution because the way I was approaching life mm. was not working for me. I was just, but I had burnt the candle at both ends and there was nothing less to burn and I was on fumes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, this, oh, it's so funny. This one day I looked up and this guy from my high school walked in and I could have just fallen through this floor. I was so embarrassed doesn't hurt that he was a looker as well and I <laughs> may have had some fantasies <laughs> he does remind me of my husband let me just tell you um and I was so humiliated that he walked in and this guy from high school I'm 28 29 years old whatever 30 I don't even know how old I was here we go and I was so embarrassed it was the worst experience but um it was interesting because then I there was a new owner and I just used the chance to leave. And I thought, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll focus on my business. Because I was looking for Band-Aid solutions yeah. and I wasn't really in my body. But anyway, that's another thing. It's interesting because I kind of forget my where my point was. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, grandparents, that's why we wrote it down. <laughs> um, you know, people around me could see that I was struggling, but I wouldn't admit it to myself. And I started to get some guidance from people around me and started to open up and listening because I'd had this experience, which I talked about, was it this episode, the last episode, no, with <laughs> realising that, oh, my marriage is at stake oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, I don't, if I don't actually deal with my shit. Yeah. And I finally took myself to the doctor and realised that I'd been experiencing adrenal fatigue for four years wow. and I'd just been dealing with it and I was very close to to the no return point there's yeah. a no return point with adrenal fatigue where you're literally in hospital and it's like it's not great and um it was that was a big wake-up call but it was it's slowly stepping step by step by step and I'm like opening me up myself up and listening but also when you're new to the spiritual world you it is good to find mentors mm -hmm. and to listen to what they have to say and be open to their guidance at the same time developing your own inner guidance. Yeah. And um, we do have members of our family, my husband's family, who have worked in the spiritual realm or do work healing work. Mm. And it is very normalized. And it was so interesting now talking about it that I hadn't been like asking them yeah utilizing and utilizing mm. them and i mean i know they live in a different state but and so i kept asking them like i kept seeing them for like clearings like clearing my energy system and they kept telling me your guides want you to work at the cafe your guides want you to work at the cafe and they said it multiple times and i just had to trust and listen to it and i think because it's so funny. I'm trying to find the words. 
it, it's like I think you had found your human design at that point so you knew you were a generator and you yeah. needed to respond to things yes i needed to respond to things that's right i think i've just been opening up to mm. we'd done hand analysis mm-hmm. opening up to the ancient wisdoms that help show you who you are mm. i had just started to trust mm. in the unseen more and I trust. I started to trust in the magical experience of life. Yeah. I'd started working with the Deva and blew my mind how amazing that was. Yeah. And it was just little drops of pieces of working with the unseen through ancient teachings, yeah. showing me who I was and going, oh my gosh, that is who I am. Opened me up to like, oh, we are part of something bigger that I can't see and yep. the joy of experiencing that every day. Mm. And so when I finally went, do you know what? I'm just going to start working in this business, go back to the cafe again. I remember you looking at their Facebook page. I remember it oh, being yes. like this magical synchronous experience that I was just in awe of because you went to their Facebook page. And you're like, oh, I'll just apply for a job. And then you're like, oh, no, no, no. And then he went on their Facebook page a number of times and then they had a post saying yeah. they were looking for stuff. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh, I, I'll apply. Yeah, like that. Yes, exactly. Thank you for remembering that. Mm. Um, when you open up to synchronicities, yes. that sort of thing, I literally remember on the Thursday I was thinking, oh, should I just approach them and say, look, do you need anybody? And I mm. thought, no, no, I'll wait to respond. Mm. And the next day, the Friday, they mm. put that post on their Facebook page. And it was things like that where I'm like, I know this is where I need to be. Mm. I've had the guidance from mm-hmm. um, the, grandparents. the grandparents, the energy you know, energy team. That's not the word. Mm. We're fatiguing. I'm fatiguing. <laughs> Earth team. Earth team. Earth team. Yes. Yeah, I've had that guidance from somebody who's like your guides are telling you to go work at the cafe and then that happening so synchronicity synchronously it's like i can't not trust that there's something bigger going on and just that trust and expanding and and knowing that i didn't have to be there i was choosing to be there i'm so sorry thank you dear listeners for holding on there i got to my point it was a choice and i realized a the biggest thing I realized is that I get to choose mm-hmm. what I do every day mm. and I'm making a choice to work there because it's good for my mental health, my spiritual health, my mm. physical health, and I'm going to take some time to heal mm. and just healing. Like I'm not going to be embarrassed that I work here because I should have done this six years ago, Yeah, but I was so tied up and into what other people thought of me, yeah. how other people saw me, that I was working myself to the ground to achieve things externally to prove my worth. Mm. And I had my literally health life was on the line. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, um, no, that's not how you do things. Do you know, actually what's interesting mm. is coming back to the choice, what really lit me up then. And it was something that I discovered later on in my path, like being a manager at the cinema is the idea of like fears and fantasies mm. and so with the cinema i whenever i had a judgment on myself i would look at how is this serving me like mm. what are the things it allows me to do like for instance i got to choose my own hours i could have daytime or nighttime shifts mm. 
I was actually living my purpose at the time because I was leading a team of like 50 something teens Mm -hmm. and young 20 something. So every day I was having conversations that allow me to just facilitate some transformation. Mm. Um, Wow. I had an environment where I could allow genius to drop in. Like I had ideas left, right and center. Mm. Um, There were so many things. It was just my idea of how I was so hung up on what it had to look like. Yeah. Mm And on the flip side of that, my fantasy was to be out going and doing all the things. It's like, okay, cool, but what would be the downside to that? And how is that different from the cinema? Like if I look at my business now, for instance, it's like, you know, there's not that passive or that uh, income coming in every fortnight. It's like mm. there's just different relationships and different things that are evolved that the thing that I was wishing for, just knowing there's downsides to that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of my biggest things is whenever I was going into like that negative space mm. of judgment is being like, well, what is this actually allowing me to do? Cause every day I'm still choosing to show up for work. Yeah. At any point I could quit. I was casual, mm. but I didn't beyond my basic needs of security and that financial security. Mm. It's like, how is this actually still bringing me joy? Cause there was definitely mm. days where I was just in pure joy mm. and just bringing the team together and responding And I think that was also what helped me cultivate more self-awareness about myself is like, what are the elements underneath this that I'm actually loving? Like, what are the Mm. threads that I'm pulling out here? Mm. Rather than just like, what does the work look like almost from the cosmetic side? What's the job title? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing that I was still living my bliss and my love and my passion Mm. and my purpose, it just was a bit packaged differently yeah and it wasn't something that was glorified in like you know the career booklet Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um you know yeah in any other way shape or form Mm -hmm. so and i I have had that at the cafe and the only well I'll, i'll talk about that in a second but when i started working there and i was like this is a choice i'm choosing this for me yeah and this is the best choice for me right now because it you know it's the most for me, working at a cafe is the easiest work in the world. It's not mentally challenging for me yeah. in terms of problem solving, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you pick it up pretty quickly. But that's good because I needed something just easy yeah. because my health needed to heal. Mm-hmm. And the best thing for me was not being in the corporate world and just standing strong in that truth, knowing that if that guy from my school came in, I would greet him with a smile and I'd be like, I found the secret to living. Like, <laughs> this is the best. Yeah. Mm. I don't know why anybody puts on a suit and goes into a corporate job. Why would you do that to yourself? Mm. I have found the secret hilariously. And very quickly, because I'd taken that guidance through my energy team that I wasn't listening to, so somebody else had to give it to me, I started, Ooh. like, I started to, my spiritual practice just went, mm. it exploded. Yeah. And I started Anytime people handed me cash, I would bless it and I would bless it when I gave it back to them. But I wouldn't say anything, obviously. I just knew I was doing it. And the people who came into the cafe didn't need to know that I was doing it. But it just the, like, everyday enlightenment, like, the everyday magic, there's just, like, the spirituality through everything I do just started developing. And I've recognized that on the outside, this cafe job may not mean anything you know, in society as, um, you know, I've rung on the ladder, but spiritually it's been the most amazing experience to develop who I am and to understand the gifts that I bring Mm -hmm. that it's just, it's, it's been a a, a really great experience as becoming the new person I need to become. And 
I now don't have any attachment to the fact that I'm a waitress. Like I was going to say, it always builds up a really strong foundation of self-validation and mm. self, like the, like building up your own inner mm. core because mm. you're not reliant on people's validation because mm. it's probably going to conflict with where you're at right now yeah. and their belief systems. But it's almost, yeah, it definitely is building up like the, okay, this is why I'm here. I'm being mm. very consciously present and purposeful in your life. Mm-hmm. I think if anything else, it kind of gave me a bit, a bit thicker skin. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, we have similar things. You know, I've had to be very conscious of the part of my, the detriment that led me to such poor health and um, a rocky moment in my marriage was I was so worried about what other people thought about me mm-hmm. and the job title. And so, actually, this is where I was trying to go with this, is that I always thought I was chasing a job title and it was the job title, the job title, the job title. And I would always be trying them on through, you know, high school. What are my subjects am I studying to become a thing? And then again through university. And then even as I started my other business, what is my job title? Who am I when I go out in the world and say, this is my job title? Mm. And the beautiful thing that I've had in the last 12 to 18 months is just like, breaking that all down Mm. and just being like this is who i am this is what i love um this is all the things that make me whole and just showing up in my world every day and you know particularly with creating this new business and what it's going to be is being very mindful of it doesn't you know as, as i'm feeling into it it doesn't need a label every this moment you know, when I started yeah. feeling into what it was going to be, it doesn't need a label. I'm Amanda. I'm all the things. What is Amanda bringing to this? All the things. And it's been very freeing to approach it like that to then bring it to a point where, oh, I can label this now. Mm. And we're getting very close to a label, but not just being like, oh, this label is going to validate who I am. Yeah. Validate me, validate me, validate me. Yeah. I just wanted to share that because it's a big thing that Capricorns particularly struggle with. Mm. Um, oh. I'm just going to full circle it to before um, um, well, we can wrap up with well yeah full, wrap up with a full circle before we actually got into the podcast TK you were saying and you were asking me we were talking about you and your energy and um, you were like I, you were saying how you've started boxing and it's a non-negotiable yes. mm-hmm. and I was saying oh well that's your Mercury because your Mercury is conjunct your sun so it's really great for you to just get into your body physically so you can get out of your mind Yes. Because you are very in your mind because mm-hmm. your mind is – your Mercury, your mind, is conjunct your sun, who you are. So you very much feel like you're, you're your mind. So the physical getting out of it is great for you. And you asked me, like, what do you guys do? And it made me recognize – and forgive me, I'm opening this whole conversation. <laughs> it made me recognize one of the biggest things that I realized in my business was that time outside my business – Mm-hmm. was also time inside my business because Ooh. I know like <laughs> let's write that down um because my business needs time and space and we know we've talked a lot about time and space but I and it's not even that I need to fill my cup up so I can give it's more that that <laughs> like, I just think that's so like overused but you know it's like um I need to spend time in the garden, Potter, and that energy that I'm doing there, mm-hmm. things 
either either I'm I'm giving Earth time to the subtle realm to do its thing. Yeah. Because the subtle realm needs time. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing when I'm in the garden. I'm stepping away from my business. I'm in the garden so that the subtle energy can catch up to where I am. Mm. But I'm also I'm also again I hate the term filling your cup up, but like me being in the garden is fueling my creative energy so mm. that when I go back into my business I have all this creative energy because mm. I've, I've played with ideas in my head and, you know, mm. it's time to produce. So a lot of the way I see my business right now is by the time I'm at the laptop producing something, like the creative energy, I've already been playing with it every day when mm. I've been um, – I talk about in the garden a lot because that's good for me. When I've been in the garden, when I'm out for a walk, when I'm doing the shopping, I'm playing mm. with that creative energy. Mm. I'm not thinking about it all the time. That's another thing. Also stopping thinking about it. Mm. I'm not always in my business, like boundaries. Yeah. So it's not the very, it's not the greatest analogy, forgive me. No, but- no, no, no. It's perfect because um, – so one of my mentors, if this helps in any way, she was coaching an artist mm. and, you know, this artist would make a certain figure, like, you know, four or five figures on a particular painting. She might do one or two a month. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you could be doing so many more paintings because mm. her paintings took her two hours to do. Mm. And what this mentor might explain is, but what you don't understand is it takes two weeks for her to go away, be in the garden, go mm. travel to get all the inspiration. Yes. So that when she comes back, she just plugs in and mm. that painting comes out in two hours. 100%. And what I realized, and I think this is like being divine intervention, actually having you both come into my life right now in the business as a spiritual practice is... And I think it probably doesn't help my astrology that you've just revealed. My <laughs> mind is so conjunct with my being is that I have almost not given myself probably not even like a tenth of the space to be away from business or learning yeah. that I have spent learning or trying to make things happen over the last 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I look at my calendar and literally when I'm not doing the business, I'm trying to learn something because I've purchased the yes. next course and the next mm-hmm. course. And I've almost forgotten what it's like to breathe mm. and feel expansive. Mm. And I remember meeting Tash and I was like, so what are you doing today? Like, I thought like, it was almost... Oh my gosh, yeah. It was almost like, not a comparison, but I'm like, how do people not burn out? Because I was looking at my calendar being like, holy shizzle. And she was like, oh, today I just went for a walk or I relaxed. And I'm like... Oh yeah, I watched a bunch of TV today. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and you have a business? And so I think definitely finding people who can shake up that expectation. And what I've realized now is I actually need way more space in my day Mm. to allow things to drop in, but also just for me as a human being to replenish and to feel like a human being and not like a robot who is constantly inputting and outputting, Mm. but there's no soul or life or like life flow involved. Um, and definitely not like if we're talking about breathing, like I'm always breathing out and maybe Mm. gasps of in Mm. and I am definitely prone to burnout. So thank you for that, Amanda, because I think that really allowed me like the time outside Mm. of my business is time inside Mm. because I think that almost beautifully articulates where I'm moving to when it comes to scaling, but just even sustainably going forward. Mm. I think that I need to start doing things that are just creative for the sake of it. Yes. So I think a thing that Amanda and I have talked about in the past is needing to monetize everything that we do. Like I started painting Mm. because I wanted to learn to paint and then I did it really like 
easily. So there's this thing that I do where I like watch a lot of stuff and I accumulate knowledge about how to do it. So then when I do it, I like nail it first go and then I'm bored and then I'm like either bored or I try and turn it into a business and I'm like, okay, like future thinking, this artistic, I'm like, okay, being an artist, okay, how would I make money doing that? And I just go down the path of being an artist that makes money and then I go, oh, no, that feels exhausting. I'm not going to do that. But then I give up doing it as a hobby. Like if I've discarded it as a business, I don't get to do it as a hobby. And I need think I need to reframe doing creative things just for the sake of it, just to connect in, yeah, like just for fun. Yeah. I don't really do things just for fun, except cook with my husband. Yeah. And you read, like, don't you? I haven't read. No, see, the thing I notice about reading is I read novels, but I read novels I've already read before, and it's actually just a way of switching off. Mm. And I do kind of do it a little bit as a numbing. Like yeah. if I don't want to deal with life, yeah, then I'll yeah. just read and I end up reading for hours on end and I don't accomplish anything. Yeah. Okay. And I've realized that I can't, I haven't found a way to read that isn't numbing out. Mm. And I don't actually really like reading to learn. Okay. <laughs> like I started trying to read books and I'm like, nah, and I could be doing stuff mm. that's productive. And I haven't found yet a way of reading that feels productive. Okay. Um, and I actually really like creative stuff for, yeah. just for the fun of it. I just need to then divorce that from making money. Yeah. And I was thinking, because I know we'll wrap this up soon, <laughs> I was thinking that I just wanted to give some uh, more flavor around that. Um, it's interesting, <laughs> you know, when when I started a business, but we particularly started a business, like, well, like, I know I was like, oh, I'm always going to have a business. I mm. love business so much. Mm. And... Um, but what that led to was everything in my life mm. then revolved around business Yeah, and everything I enjoyed, just like yeah. you were saying, everything I enjoyed, every, every experience I had, I just always saw it in the context of business mm. and, and I had to do the same where it's like, um, I didn't know how to be a person who enjoyed something just for the sake of enjoying it. Mm. And that was partly because I had grown up with this idea of ambition, success, go out and achieve, get the medal. Mm. And then I'd started a business and it was like, okay, this is the, the way we, that we, uh, this is the, mm. the vehicle for ambition. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, no, no, like life. Like, <laughs> and, and again, it seems so cliche to talk about, you know, all aspects of your life and all areas of your life. And I do not like the word balance. The harmony is a nice word, Mm. but to understand that, Oh, okay. I went and took a dance class and I cried afterwards. Mm. And I was just like, I'm not meant to be doing this for a living. It was the worst. It was ballet. Like (laughs) guys, I'm a size 18. I was doing ballet. You just picture that. But but I didn't In care. all its beautiful In glory. all its beautiful yeah, glory. Like... Yes, I know. I say Sorry. <laughs> all its beautiful glory. And it was like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm just enjoying this for the sake of enjoying this. Mm. And that's what life should be. And, um, and, and it did kind of give me an idea and understanding of how and what I wanted my business to feel like. It's just enjoying it for the sake of enjoying yeah. it. Mm. 
But at the same time, I also bring in my knowledge and my skills. Like you should see me manage money right now. It's like, I just want to give myself props. I'm so good at it. Mm. But I was forced to do it because all these years of just like, you know, anyway, the income stuff was a whole other podcast. (laughs) And I was finally brought to my edge of like, I need to deal with this. And then I started dealing with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should have done this later. Mm. You know, another, you know, it was like that new perspective. It's like, oh, wow, my whole world has opened up because mm. I finally dealt with this bit. Anyway, mm. that was just a complete tangent. Um, but I just had to speak to that a little bit because I agree. Mm. And it's like now it's like cooking for the enjoyment of cooking and not mm. just to get back to doing business. And, mm. um, you know, the, learning about ourselves and actually inter- integrating it are two big things that I've realized I was missing in previous years I would learn, 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 learn. I'd get a high off all the learning. Mm. But the big thing for me in the last 12 months has been integrating it into my life yeah. and actually doing and being all the things that I've learned. And to do mm. that, it has been a process that we talked about full circle, mm. picking what actually feels good for me mm. and not a force. And that's you just have to play. And mm. it's play, play, and you get better and better and better and better at, at recognizing, oh, I'm just, this is ease now. Mm. I always prefer programs now where there's less learning. It's like, here's just what you need to know. Go out and implement. Mm. Because otherwise I get hooked on the learning and like the 30, 40 minute videos. I forget what I meant to do in the first place because I've now got the bigger, the little picture, all in between. I'm always Mm. like, I don't know how to assimilate that with what I know now Mm. versus just given a tiny bit. I'm like, okay, cool. I can go and do that. Okay. So, yeah. That's good for me. I do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was thinking the program I'm developing. I like, especially like from a beginner or if we're talking sales funnels or business is like the very first introduction to you. And I may not be your ideal client. Or maybe mm. I maybe am. I tend to buy things, so possibly. Um, <laughs> I tend to buy things. <laughs> it's like the first experience of you is just getting runs on the board. Like if you can mm. be the person that helps me embody and get ahead, you better believe I'm coming back for more. And in which mm. case, by all means, permission to take me deeper. Yeah. But just what do I need at the start to get me going and to get some wins under my belt and mm. momentum under my sleeve, particularly being a type three. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, I reckon that's, I reckon a, that's, a, that's a natural stopping point. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We'll be back next week.